of, our, of the message that I believe the Lord will have me to share with you this morning is dominate. Turn to your neighbor and say dominate. Turn to your other neighbor and say dominate. Dominate. You and I, as we have been created by God to dominate. God's original plan for mankind before the fall was for mankind to dominate. Turn your Bibles quickly to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and let's look at verse 26. As I stated already, God's original plan for mankind was for mankind to dominate. God's initial plan was not for man to be in sin and, and, and to have Satan to dominate over him. But God's initial plan was for mankind was made in his image and in his likeness. And he gave us authority and he gave us dominion over all the works of his hand and everything he made. But now when we look here in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, note what it says. It says, and we know that this is in the midst of God creating, right? Because if you were to go back to verse 2 and 3 and 4, this is God utilizing the person of the Holy Spirit to create, right? But let's look at, pick up with verse 26 and it says, And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what? dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we see here from this portion of scripture that before the fall of man, and when I say the fall of man, I mean when Adam disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, and mankind fell into sin. As a result of that, mankind no longer had this dominion that God had given us, but actually we came, we became slaves, if if you will, slaves to Satan because then he got the upper hand on us, okay? But you see here in God's original blueprint and God's original design, it says, paraphrasing in verse 26, and God said, let us make man and in our image and let them have dominion over all the earth. So God's original intent for us, for mankind, is for us to dominate, not for Satan to dominate over us, not for him to lord over our lives, not for him to have us boxed in to circumcise circumstances situations but God's original design for us he said I make mankind in my image and after my likeness and I give them dominion over all the works of my hand everything I've created I have given this man dominion over it now we all know the story and we know that Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden of Eden and we know that Eve was deceived but the Bible says Adam was not deceived he was found in the offense he made a decision to disobey God he missed the mark which simply means to sin and when he done that, the Bible says that all mankind fell into sin. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So this means every person born into this earth is born into this earth in sin. Not because we chose that, because Adam chose that for us. But God didn't leave man that way. He, he brought a way. He brought a solution. He, he brought a person in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said in St. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He so loved. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not what perish but have everlasting life. You say, well, what does this have to do about dominating? It has everything to do with dominating. Everything to do with dominating. Turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians. Turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. 
Ephesians chapter 2 and let's look at verse 4 and I just talked about how God gave his son why did he give his son because God's love and his grace placed us right back in the position so we could be able to dominate by his love and his grace he sent his son Jesus Christ to do what to pay the penalty for sin to pay the penalty for sin what did Jesus do he went to hell in your place and my place because he went to hell in the place of all mankind he took on the sin of all mankind he was the only sinless human being that lived on this earth that walked on this planet and when he did he took the sins of all mankind in his own body on the tree the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed so when Jesus took our sins he took our sins he says anybody who believes upon me anybody who believes the record that my father God gave of me that I died on the cross that I rose from the dead and went to hell to pay for mankind's sin anybody who believes upon me and would ask me to come into their heart and save them he says then you can receive you can come into this family of God you can walk in this type of dominion you do not have to be lorded over by Satan but you can lord over him let's continue Ephesians, if I need to get there myself. Ephesians, I'm telling you all to turn there, I haven't got there myself. Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to pick up or look at verse 4. Here in Ephesians, looking at verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were dead in sins, at the time we were dead in sins. At the time, the world was dead in sins. It says, hath, past tense, quickened or made us alive together with Christ. It says, by grace ye are saved. And hath, and hath, past tense, raised us up together and made us to what? Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When the young lady was, uh, she was ministering and she was singing the solo and she said, uh, sit together with Christ Jesus. I jumped and looked at my husband. I said, she's in the message. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. It says in verse six and have raised us up together and made us to do what? Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we see in verse five, it says when the world was in sin, what happened? He did what? He quickened us and made us alive together with Christ. And have raised us up together and made us sit together, it says, where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when Jesus rose from the dead, you rose from the dead with him. It goes on to say in verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Meaning, in the ages to come, God already had the plan. And the plan to buy or to get mankind back was he was going to send his son, Jesus Christ, for us. And he goes on to say in verse 8, for by grace, for by power, for by God's power, it says, are ye saved? Through faith. Now this word saved, what is he talking about saved? He's talking about you're rescued. Because a lot of people, if you're witnessing to people and telling people about Jesus and you tell them about being saved, saved from what? What am I being saved from? You're go, you'll be rescued. Rescued from what? Rescued from what every 
person born into this world has no choice of and that is they have no choice but to be dominated by Satan they have no choice but to go to hell every person born in this earth why because mankind was born in sin why because Adam made that decision but God has put something else on the table he put his son Jesus Christ on the table and he said I offer my son to you he said because I never wanted mankind to be in this position in the first place so I've given my son Jesus Christ and I exchange him for you him for mankind he said I give a son so I can get sons he said I give a son so I can get daughters so he said I never wanted it to be this way and he wants mankind to understand I never wanted it to be the way it is now he said that was never my original intent I always wanted you to dominate I didn't want you to have to deal with the devil the way you have to deal with him every day in your life but Adam made that decision God said because I don't make robots I make human beings and I give them a will and they can choose what they want to do and Adam made a choice and then God made a choice to send his son glory to God hallelujah he made a choice he made a choice to send his son that whosoever would receive his son will receive everlasting life will be rescued rescued from what will be rescued from sin the penalty of sin because the penalty of sin equals death eternal death not just death here in this body where a person that this physical body lays down but no after this physical body lays down a person's gonna live eternally either in heaven or in hell based upon the choice that the person makes while they're living here in this earth realm so rescue from what rescue from the penalty of sin rescue from the penalty of sin rescue from death rescue from hell rescue from sickness and disease rescue from anything that the devil can bring your way rescued that's why this is what he came to do to save you to rescue you verse 8 it says through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God gift that's why you can't work to be saved it's a gift Jesus is a gift and what he brought, brought is a gift. Now I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1 because we're talking about what? God's love and grace placed us back in the position to be able to dominate. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and Paul is praying here a prayer. And in this prayer, you know, it's a prayer for revelation. It's talking about the eyes of people's understanding being enlightened. And, 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 but I want to pick up with verse 19. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? It says, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now look and see what his mighty power did in verse 20. Which he wrought, God wrought, he wrought his mighty power in Christ. When he did what? When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now we just got finished looking at heavenly places in Ephesians chapter 2 when it says God who is rich in mercy sent his son Jesus Christ for us and when he was raised we was raised with him and says and we were what? Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now we see right here in verse 20 when it's, when it's talking about he was raised from the dead this is talking about on the third day you know when Jesus hung on the cross he went into the very bowels of hell and what happened is he paid for all the 
all the penalty of mankind, all mankind's sin. But on the third day, the Holy Ghost sent by God went into the very bowels of hell, went into Jesus' spirit and caused him to be made alive. Jesus stood up in the midst of hell and stripped Satan of all his authority, all his power, stripped him of all his equipage, everything he had. And he stood up victor and he is one who won over Satan. He rose from the dead, the scripture says. He showed himself to his disciples and over 500 eyewitnesses and he said I told you I am he glory to God praise God now that's dominion glory to God and so it says here in verse 20 it says which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him or placed him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above far above All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And have put all under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body. Gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. We are his body. Anyone. That is born again. Anyone that is saved. Anyone that has asked Jesus to come into their hearts and save them. You are the body of Christ. Jesus the head and we are his body. Jesus the head and we are his body. Amen. The church is not a brick and mortar building. The church are people who have received of Jesus Christ, received of this gift that God gave in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, how do we dominate in life? We dominate in life through Christ Jesus. It says right here that when a person gets born again, when they ask Jesus to come into their heart, an exchange takes place. Jesus said, I take your sin. I give you my righteousness right an exchange takes place and with that exchange takes place you get a position that position is righteousness but it says here that you're seated in in heavenly places with 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 Christ Jesus so if my husband for an illustration is Christ Jesus and I'm a born again believer and I sit in heavenly places I sit I sit, I sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. The scripture says in in chapter one, he's far above all principality, far above all might, far above all dominion and every name that is named. Right. So that means and, and then it goes on to say and everything is where under his feet. So now if Jesus is sitting in heavenly places right next to the throne of God. Come on now and envision this and see this. And all principality and power and dominion and might is where he is far above all that. And everything is under his feet. And then you will not come along and mess around and get saved. And we turn around and we sit with Jesus. That means we have the same standing as Jesus. That means whatever's underneath Jesus' feet is underneath my feet. That means all principality and power and might and dominion. Jesus is far above that. We are far above that. Jesus said you have the right and the privilege to utilize my name. To utilize my authority. To utilize the word. Because he said I am the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Praise God. Let me hear you say dominate. Let me hear you say dominate. 
Say, Satan, your days of dominating is over. Dominate means to rule. Dominate means to reign. Dominate means to walk what? In the God-given authority that has been given unto us. A lot of times as a Christians, what happens is we come to, the, to, to church and we hear the word and we hear the word and we hear the word and we hear the word. And sometimes we allow that word to slip out of our hearts and leak out of our hearts. And we don't realize that it's even leaking out. And, 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 and we don't realize that the enemy shouldn't be controlling my money. Why am I walking in lack? Something ain't right. The enemy shouldn't be controlling what's going on in my household. Havoc is going on in my household. Wait a minute, something's not right. The enemy shouldn't be running all through my body. Wait a minute, something's not right. I shouldn't be up here depressed and oppressed by the enemy. Something's not right. Circumstances and situations just all in, coming in and out of my life, doing all of what it wants to do. Something's not right. I feel like you have limits on you here, limits on you there. You can't break out here. You can't break. Something's not right. And sometimes we allow the word to leak out of our heart and we forget how we were made by God. We were made to dominate. And Jesus put us right back in that same position. He stripped Satan of all his authority and power and all his equipage. And when we got born again, we take that seat in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Whatever's under his feet is under my feet. He gave us rulership. He gave us domain. Turn your Bibles to Romans. Uh, I want to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Everything we get as a believer comes through Jesus Christ. Everything we get as a believer comes through Jesus Christ. He's the vehicle which God gave. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. You ready? Amen. Glory to God. I, I praise him. I got excited. The Lord is good. I get excited over the word. I love the word. It goes on to say in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense. That one man is talking about Adam. His offense. His sin. When he missed the mark. When he chose to eat of a, of a tree that God told him not to eat of. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. What does reign mean? It means to rule. It means to reign as king. It means to exercise dominion. And that's what death did. It came in and exercised dominion over every person born in this world. Because every person born in this world was born with the nature of Satan. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, much more, they, they, now notice says they, that's a group of people. That group of people is talking about born again people, saved people, people who believe the record that God gave of his son and asked Jesus to come in their heart and to save them. They, those people which receive or take abundance of grace. Abundance of grace is talking about abundance of favor, God's favor in sending his son. Remember his great love wherewith he loved you. In the ages to come, he might show you his kindness. How? Through his son, Jesus Christ, who was what? The gift that was sent. That they which receive abundance of grace or abundance of favor and the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a position. When a person gets born again, when they get saved, when they ask Jesus to come into their hearts, they become righteous. Jesus takes the sin. Here, take my righteousness. 
Meaning the, God sees you and he doesn't see you in sin. He sees you through the shed blood of Jesus. He sees you right with him because of what Jesus has done. Now know what it says about they. And I say they because it says much more they. That group of people. Which receive abundance of grace and favor. And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You'll reign in life, you'll rule as king in life, and you'll exercise dominion. So we have to stop, and we have to look at some of the issues and things that I mentioned. And we have to say, okay, is this dominating over me, or am I dominating over it? And if it's dominating over me, something's not right. And the something that's not right is I just need to step up and take my rightful position as a dominator. Doing what God and his word said I can do. But note, no one can dominate apart from God's word. You have to have his word. Turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. You cannot dominate in this life without the word of God. Can't do it. I'm going to say it again. You can't do it. Think about it. Think about what the word of God says in the book of uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, 9, 10, and 13. It says, but what saith that the word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart? It says, that's the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now think about that. Any person that's in here, what you did was you released the power of salvation that was in God's word. What did you do? You either heard about Jesus Christ and him being your savior or you read about it. But then you made a choice to believe from your heart and you acted on it. And you said, I believe that with my heart. Then you open up your mouth and I say, I confess that. I acknowledge that that's true. That Jesus is Lord. That he did die in my place. That he is God's son. That he did go to hell in my place. That he did rise from the dead. And guess what? Everything changed. Everything changed. Satan was no longer your father. Now God becomes your father. You're no longer dominated by Satan. Right? Shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. But it's a, a choice for every individual. Right? So what happened? We were translated out of the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Right? We became a part of a new family, the family of God. God is just not God to us. He's daddy. He's Abba. He's Adonai. Jesus becomes our big brother. The Holy Spirit came to live in us and came to what rest upon us. Right? We have... Everything that's in the word, the promises in the word of God belong to us. Everything changed as a result of having the word of God in your heart and acknowledging with your mouth. Life changed. Life changed. So you have to have the word of God because apart from God's word, there is no dominating. Proverbs chapter 4, let's look at verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, let's look at verse 20. You ready? It says, my son, or my daughter, right? Do what? 
Attend to my words. Attend to my words. Now, what does he mean, attend to my words? What is he talking about? Attend to my words. He's saying, give attention. Give attention to my words. Frequently and daily, give attention to my word. Frequently and daily, put the word of God in your heart. So he's saying, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. So when he says incline, this actually means to stretch out your ear. It means to stretch out your ear. Why? It's saying so you can hear more. So you can hear more. And and the more you hear God's word, it's saying the more you are able to receive what you're hearing. So he is saying, my son, attend to my words. He is saying, incline thine ear unto my sayings. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what we find is what Christians do, they're not attending to God's word or his saying. They're attending to what Satan's saying to them. Satan telling them, you ain't going to be able to make it. Satan telling them, you don't don't have enough money. Satan telling them, you have a ceiling over you. You might as well forget it. Satan telling them all these different things, and they find themselves in a place of depression. They find themselves in a place of thinking that they're not going to be able to get out. They find themselves in a place where the enemy is lording over them instead of them lording over the enemy. That's because they're giving attention and opening up their ears more to hear what the devil is saying instead of listening to what God is saying. Instead of looking in the word and meditating, what is God saying about my situation? What is God saying about me? Because I'm going to tell you, whenever you look in the word of God, you will never see God telling you that you're going to lose. You will see that he's telling you, actually, you've already won. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Note what it says. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Let them not. Let, that means that denotes a choice. You and I individually have to make a choice of whether or not we're going to allow the word of God to depart or to leave from front of our eyes. Or if on a daily basis, we're going to do what? We're going to attend to his word. We're going to frequently get in the word of God. We're going to get in his word and do what? Incline our ear, stretch out our ear. So we have the what? we, We can receive more of God's word. And he says, make a decision not to allow the word to depart or to leave from in front of your eyes. Don't let us the word leave from in front of your eyes. Note what it says. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep. 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 Keep, it says, his words and his sayings. Where? In the midst or the center of your heart. Now, how in the world is the word of God that you read on the pages of the Bible going to get in your heart? How's it going to get in your heart? It gets in your heart from what we just got finished reading and from what we're about to read. From doing what? Attending to his word. Giving attention to his word. And inclining your ear. Stretching your ear. It also comes from, I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, and let's look at verse 8. We're coming back to Proverbs chapter 4. So keep your finger there, mark it there, whatever you need to do. But we're coming back to Proverbs chapter 4. But this is how we also get the word on the inside of our heart. You ready? It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day 
and night. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Think about that. You know how um, you'll look at a situation in your life? And when you see this situation, if you're listening to the enemy, instead of listening to God and what God's word says regarding your financial situation, then what you'll do is you'll think about that situation and you'll think about it over and over and over again. And you'll flip it this way and flip it that way. And you flip it this way and flip it that way. And then you call this person, see, can this person help you? And they say, no, nah, I can't help you, don't have it. And they call this person, see, no, nah, they don't have it. And you're trying to make your own way. But, and and what, you know what that's called? It's called meditate. Because you're thinking on that thing over and over and over and over again. And because of your thoughts, now you're trying to plan your own way of escape out of this situation. That's called meditate, to mutter, to think about, to say out loud, to say and mutter underneath your breath. Mutter. And he said this is what we should be doing with the word of God in the daytime and at night. And it says, now note why you do it. That. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That, thou, that you may what? Observe to do. That you may look to do. So what is this saying? This is saying sight comes from the heart. Sight comes from the heart. Direction comes from the heart. Wisdom comes from the heart. Because it is saying here that if we don't allow the word of God to depart out of our eyes, if we meditate on the word of God day and night, it says then you and I can observe or look and know exactly what to do. And we are trying to handle situations out of our soul. We're trying to handle situations out of uh, what somebody else did that worked for them. We're trying to handle situations out of what our limited experience tells us to do. But God is saying, if you just take my word on that subject and put it on the inside of your eyes, your ears, put it in your mouth and let it drop down into your heart. He said, my word will begin to speak to you. He said, my word will give the direction that you need. He's saying, I will give you the sight so you can see your way out of this situation. Revelation and sight comes from the heart and it says for then not before then for then then denotes timing for then thou shalt or you shall make thy way prosperous You'll make your own way prosperous. Sounds like dominion. It's talking about you'll push your way forward. You'll push your way forward. Because we got a real enemy. He's defeated because Jesus defeated him. But he don't know it. That's why he still attacks people. And when he comes to attack, that's why we fight the good fight of faith. And how do you fight the good fight of faith? You take the word that we're talking about now and you put it on the inside of your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. You let it drop down into your heart. And you speak forth his word. It says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have what? Good success. Turn your Bibles back to the book of Proverbs chapter 4 because I told you we were going back there. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. 
My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. We keep the word of God in the midst of our hearts. That's telling you God is saying, this is where the word needs to be. It doesn't need to be on the coffee table. Doesn't mean you, you come to church on Sunday, take the word and throw it on the coffee table, pick it back up on Wednesday or pick it back up on Sunday. He's saying, no, the word is supposed to be on the inside of your heart. The word has a home. It has a place it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be on the inside of your heart. It says, keep them. What's the them? My words and my sayings. Keep them where? In the midst of the center of thine heart. Why? For or because they are life. They are life. They are life. They are life. They are life unto those that find them. Now here we have some distinction being made again. To those, those, to those that find them. To those that find them. For those that are what? In his word. His word becomes life. His word is life. His word becomes life. His word will breathe life into your marriage. His word will breathe life into your finances. His word will bring life into you and bring peace into your soul. His word will bring life into your dead situations and cause restoration. His word is life. His word is life. And then it goes on to say, and it's health. And it's health. Health. That word health means medicine. It's medicine unto all thy flesh. Medicine to all thy flesh. And so he goes on to say, keep thy heart with all diligence. See, the first keep is keep what? Keep my words and my sayings. The second keep is keep your heart with all diligence. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. For out of it are the issues of life. When it says to keep your heart, guard your heart. Keep a watch on your heart. You can't allow yourself to get into worry. Because if you allow yourself to get into worry, something's seeping out of your heart. You can't allow yourself to be chasing after money. Why? Because now something's seeping out of your heart. When the enemy comes against you with tests, trials, and tribulations, he's trying to get the word out of your heart. You got to guard your heart. He brings a test, a trial, and trigger up against, against you. You say, no, I reject that in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. A thousand shall fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand. No, I shall not be moved. You got to guard your heart. To guard your heart, you have to speak the word every time the enemy comes against you. Can I have, can I have, I need four people to come and stand, somebody in front of me and back of me, the left side, the right side. Four people jump up and just surround me. Because see, this is how the enemy does. This is why you got to have the word on the inside of your heart. You got to have it on the inside of your heart because what will happen is the enemy will come against you and he'll say, he'll say to you, you ain't never going to be able to shop again. And the reason you're not going to be able to shop again is because I've attacked you financially. And if you do not have the word of God in your heart, then guess what? That word will seep into your ears and you begin to meditate on what the enemy has said about you instead of meditating on what the word of God says about you. And what you need to say when the enemy comes against you with that lying attack, you'll say the devil is a liar. I rebuke that lying thought. I cast it down in the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus. I am a tither. 
I give offering and in the name of Jesus, Jesus has increased me and made me whole. I'm trying to tell you, no, I don't receive that in Jesus' name and by his blood. I'm a giver. Amen. Then you go over here and the enemy attack you again. And you feel something in your body. What's this? You'll go to the doctor and they give you a report. And if you don't have the word of God on the inside of your heart, you'll believe a man's report over God's report. You'll forget that God is the one who made your body. You'll forget that God is the one who handcrafted and made you. You'll forget that the word of God has the power and it will it, it, it can supersede a report or supersede what the enemy has said. And you begin to listen to what the enemy is saying. And you begin to then turn around and think and look and begin to imagine your own demise. When you need, that's right. We need to say, no, I reject that. In the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by the stripes of Jesus I have been made whole. Surely he have borne my griefs and carried my sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, it says, we are healed. Then the enemy will come. And he'll come and try to bombard your mind. Come and try to steal your peace. Come and bring lying imaginations to your mind. And if you don't have the word on the inside of your heart, then you begin to listen to what he's saying. And then you'll have to go and say, I got to get a pill so I can go to sleep at night. You'll say, I tell you, I'm just, you know, I, I have this pressure on me and oppression on me. I got to go and get a prescription for, for I be able to get sweet sleep. And, and forgetting that the word of say, God says that the righteous shall have sweet sleep. Forgetting that the word of God says I laid me down and slept and the Lord has sustained me. And then you won't have that word on the inside of your heart to begin to speak to that situation. But the word of God says, he who whose mind is stayed on me is kept in perfect peace. Glory to your name, Jesus. And then the enemy will come against you. Turn this way. He'll come against you and he'll come against you and he'll, he'll, he'll begin to speak things to your soul and try to get you to open up your mouth and speak something contrary to the word of God. And you'll forget that God has told you that you're supposed to only do what? You're supposed to speak those things that are what? That, that are good, uh, that have a good report, that are pure, that are lovely, that are just, uh, that are honest. Uh, amen. And so what you have to do is you have to keep the word of God on the inside of your heart. You all come and just surround me. Surround me. You have to keep the word on the inside of your heart. So when the enemy comes and bombards you this way. Or he 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 comes against you all at the same time. You can do this and say, it is written. It is written. stop there no you want to know why because he's gonna come and try you to see if you really believe what you say you believe so come on back ladies he coming back with his lies he's coming back with his lying imaginations he's coming back with pressure on the job pressure in the home pressure with kids doing this and kids doing that he's coming with the pressure and you have got to have on the inside of your heart the living word of God so you can say it is written yeah. 
The Bible says in the book of James chapter 4, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Thank you, ladies. I need one lady to stay. Stay right here, ma'am. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you can't resist the devil if you don't have nothing in your heart to resist him with. We're talking about dominating. You can't dominate over the devil if you don't have the word of God living on the inside of your heart. Because you can't dominate apart from God's word. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now the devil knows his position. He knows he's supposed to be fleeing. But if ain't nobody resisting, put your hand up sister. But if nobody's resisting, then he ain't doing no fleeing. He going to stay there and he going to speak to your mind. He going to stay there and he going to mess up your finances. He going to stay there and try to break up your family. He going to stay there and try to take over your kids life. He going to stay there and meddle on your job until you stand up born again, blood bought Christian with the word of God and put it on the inside of your eyes, your ears and your heart and your mouth and you stand up and you do what? You resist the devil. You resist him. You resist him. You don't resist him wondering if it's going to work. You don't wonder if it's... God already told you it's going to work. You resist him knowing, knowing that at the end of the day, you ain't got no choice but to run, boy. All I'm going to see is your back because you got to get out of here. In the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Things have to shift. Things have to change. Things can't stay the same. Don't you be fooled by what you see right now. Don't be fooled by what you may see in your body. Don't be fooled by what your bank accounts or no bank accounts look like. Because the enemy tell you are not who you say you are. The devil is a liar and there is no truth in him. You are who God say you are. You're a blood-bought Christian filled with the spirit of the living God. And God has given you promises in his word. And his word is true. Glory to God, his word is true. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. He said, do what? He said, attend to my words. Incline thine ear and stretch out your ears to my word. Why? God knows that there's life in his word. He knows that the life in his word will override, will overshadow, will take over, will drive out Satan's attempts in your life. But it's got to live in your heart so it can come out your mouth. Resist the devil. And this is what happens a lot of times. Here's the example. She's going to be the Christian. I'm going to be the devil in this example. And a lot of times what happens is this. The Christians allow. 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 Satan to run over them. So Satan to come and say, you know what? I know, we know, I know you put in for that, for that application for that job. You're not going to get it. Yep, I know you feel something in your body. I'm trying to tell you, that's cancer. You say things not going wrong with you and your, with you and your husband. You know what? Y'all going to end up getting a divorce anyway. You say things is not going on right with your kids. Hmm. They ain't going to make it. They're going to get caught up in these statistics that we see and we hear about. 
So what I'm saying is a lot of times as Christians, what, that Satan is talking and we're not talking back. And that's the problem. We are not talking back. And we have to talk back. You have to open up your mouth and you have to speak the word of God. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5, it says doing what? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every, every, every thought. Because every thought that the enemy speaks to you, he is planting a seed. What's the seed? He's planting the seed of the future that he wants you to have. And you got to uproot that line and say I reject it and I don't receive it in the name of Jesus the word of God says this about me and the word of God says that about me and no weapon formed against me shall prosper you a liar you going to hell and that ain't your end then the lake of fire so resist now I want you to resist you, oh she ready I ain't, even, I ain't even start pushing yet now that's good you see what she did I hadn't even started pushing yet, but she was pushing. No, no, listen, listen. I hadn't started pushing yet. I hadn't started coming up against her yet. I hadn't attacked her yet because in this example, I'm acting like the devil, right? She's acting like Christian, right? Well, she is a Christian, right? But what I'm saying is this. Note this. I had not started pushing yet. I had not started attacking her yet. And she was already doing what push against me. She was already giving me some force. See, that's Proverbs chapter 4 right there. That's Proverbs chapter 4 right there. That's putting the word of God on the inside of your heart. Well, there ain't nothing going on. Well, it looks like everything is going right, but I'm still being obedient unto God and putting the word of God in my heart. That means that pressure is already on him. When he stands up, you can blow him out already. Resist the devil. Resist. Resist. Resist the devil. Resist. Resist. You see how we both like this? Why? Because we're resisting. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Resist the devil. Resist. Now, now resist me, right? Resist me. Resist me. Your marriage ain't going to work. Resist me. Your kids, uh-uh. They gonna, oh, 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 oh. She really wants to fight her, her kids. We come to get your house. Your car, you ain't getting nothing. Now, what is she doing? She's resisting resisting don't you know when God put in the Bible resist the devil and he will flee from you don't you know that God knew that it was going to take take something to resist it takes some effort to resist right doesn't it now you're not resisting the devil like this in the flesh but it takes some effort that when you're in a faith fight to have that word on the inside of your heart and you can tensely speak in the word because the enemy will come and try to bombard your soul. And you have got to have the word of God on the inside of you. Thank you, man. Resist the devil. When it says in Proverbs chapter 4, keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep a watch on your heart. Guard your heart. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. What do you mean the issues of life? The force of life. What does it mean when it says the force of life? Well, we've been talking about all morning. We've been talking about putting the word in your heart. So we're saying, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the forces of life. Or for out of it are the words of life. 
the words of life because the word is what's on the inside of your heart. You know, the word actually lives on the inside of your heart and it's released or unlocked when you open up your mouth and speak. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, the illustration that I'm going to give you all this morning regarding that is I want you to go to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. We're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood. Because this woman had the word in her heart. She had the word in her heart. What word? The word about Jesus. She had it in her heart. And when you take and put the word on the inside of your heart, then you're able to stand up against the attacks that the enemy brings against you. You're able to dominate over him. You're able to rule. You're able to reign. And you're able to exercise your dominion because you have something to release. But he's just looking at TV all the time. And that's what feels on the inside of your heart. Or if you're just surfing on social media all the time, and that's what fills your heart. Or you're just talking on the phone all the time to people, and that's the only thing that's in your heart. When it comes time for you to stand up and fight the enemy, you don't have anything to release out your mouth. Except whatever the TV show said, whatever your girlfriend said, whatever social they said on social media. And none of that power is going to overtake and dominate the enemy. But the word of God, the Bible says, before we go here, turn quickly to Hebrews. I just want to go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about God's word. Hebrews chapter 4, it says, but the word of God, it talks about how powerful it is. And I want to go there just quickly. Hebrews chapter 4, and let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 4, let's look at verse 12. It says, for the word of God is what? It's quick. It's alive. When it says it's quick. It has life. It's alive. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrows and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So saying the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's living. It has power. The word of God does. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts going in, and it's cutting coming out. We're talking about dominating. We can't dominate apart from having God's word living on the inside of our heart. Let's go back to uh, to Mark chapter 5, and let's look at this woman's life, because this woman, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, this woman with the issue of blood, she had the word concerning Jesus. She had it in her heart. She had it in her heart. It says in verse 25, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. So she was dealing with this situation for 12 years. An issue of blood is a hemorrhage, meaning she had blood that was flowing from her, right? That should not have been coming out. And so she was dealing with this hemorrhage, it says in the scripture, for 12 years. That's a very long time. It goes on to say, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So apparently this woman had some kind of money because she went to many, many physicians because she thought that her money and the physicians was going to work this thing out. 
And she went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And I assume that she did whatever they told her to do. She didn't get better. Scriptures say she grew worse. Not only did she grow worse, but the woman spent all the money, all the living that she had. And so this is the condition and the situation she's in. And I'm painting this situation for you because she was hemorrhaging for 12 years. She had money. Now she don't even have money anymore. She's so disappointed in the medical system because she went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And nobody could do anything for her except make her worse. This woman was in a very, very bad state. And I want you, as, I'm, as we're reading this portion of scripture, I want you to visualize this woman and her life and what she was dealing with. Because this is a bad situation that this woman found herself in. And some people in here are dealing with some bad situations as well. But faith regarding God's word in your heart can change it. And it says in verse 27, when, when denotes timing. Now note that, when, when she had heard of Jesus, came the press behind and touched his garment. When, so somebody somewhere had to be talking about Jesus. She had to hear that Jesus was a healer. She had to hear that Jesus could do what all the rest of these men couldn't do. What all the rest of these people couldn't do. She heard that there was what? The Messiah was in town. She heard that Messiah was there. And healings was in his wings or in the, the end of his, uh, his robe that he had. It had little frails or tassels there. And the healing was in his wings, right? That's from the Old Testament. And she believed what she heard. Note that. She believed what she heard about Jesus when 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 she heard of Jesus y'all walking with me when at the very time she heard of Jesus she believed she believed how many people heard that the Bible says by Jesus Christ you were healed at the time she heard she believed. That's good. That's good. That's good. At the time she heard, she believed. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You've heard that word before, haven't you? At the time she heard the word, she believed. At the time she heard the word, she believed. The Bible says when you give what? Tithes and offerings, he'll open up the windows of heaven for you. He'll rebuke the devourer for you. At the time she heard the word, she believed. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. At the time she believed. So when you and I hear the word of God spoken, when Pastor Ron or Minister Sharon is ministering the word of God, at the time you hear what the word of God says, believe it then. Then take it and put it in your eyes, in your ears, and say it out loud out of your mouth and let it drop down on the inside of your heart. Because the word of God has a home. It's called inside your heart. And it lives there. And it grows there. And see, one, one, uh, if you're putting scripture in your heart regarding healing, it may need to grow for three months before it's ready to deal with that situation. Yeah. 
It may need to grow for six months before it's able to knock out this situation. If you're dealing with a financial situation, it may need to grow in your heart for two years before it takes this situation out. Are you all walking with what I'm saying? As you deposit and put the word of God in your heart, don't you know that it grows? It grows because the word is a seed. And when you plant the word of God, it's a seed that's planted in your heart. Your heart does the work. All you got to do is get it in there. Your heart does the work. And then when it's time, you open up your mouth and you speak to that situation. Just like Jesus spoke to the devil. When he was in the, in, in, in the desert, and he was what? In the wilderness, actually tempted of the devil. And he said, it is written. And the devil came again and he said, it's written. And the devil came again and he said, it's written. And then the devil leaveth him. Because when you resist him with the word, he has no choice but to show you his backside. Because it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So at the time, at the time, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Note this. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. If you look at Matthew chapter uh, 9 of this same portion of scripture, it, 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 it talks about when you look in other uh, translations also that she said within herself. She said in her heart. She kept on saying. So envision this. She kept on saying. She kept on saying. She kept on saying. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of blood was dried up. And she felt under her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself virtue had gone out of him. He turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou see if the multitude throng, thronging thee. And said thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now the scripture says, when she heard of Jesus, she made a choice. To continue to say on the inside of her heart. When I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. When I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. When I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. And as she continued to say, when I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. What she did was she made a choice that now I got to do something that Levitical law tells me I can't do. I got to go to where Jesus is at. And when you begin to take the word of God regarding your circumstances and situations and put them on the inside of your heart, you'll begin to say, I got to do. I got to do. I got to do. Do is action. I've got to put forth some type of action. Why? Because there's something living on the inside of my heart that brings me to action. When the word of God lives on the inside of your heart, there's some type of action that's going to take place. If it's an action of praise, if it's an action of shouting and dancing, if it's an action of saying, I see myself here and you speaking what you see, not with your eyes, not what you think, but what you see from the word of God. There's some type of action that takes place when the word lives on the inside of your heart. The word lived on the inside of this heart, uh, this woman's heart, and it brought her to a place of action Amen. to do what to go get 
what she said belonged to her because she said, I'm a daughter of Abraham. Messiah is coming. This belongs to me. I'm going to get what belongs to me. When she heard the word, she continued to say over and over again, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus said, I can have peace in my mind as I meditate on his word. And as I think on him, I have peace that comes into my mind. Jesus said, I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be oppressed. I don't have to have these things. As you meditate on the word of God, then what happens is your heart gets filled with his word and it overshadows and it overtakes whatever the devil brings to you. It brings you to a place of action where you reach out and you take what belongs to you. And she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She pushed past obstacles. Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples said, which man who touched you? All these people thronging you. Thronging you mean all these people pushing up against you. That means it was a bunch of people out there. And here this woman is weak. The Bible doesn't tell us if she was walking or she was crawling. We don't know. But we know one thing. She had faith in her heart regarding what she heard about Jesus. And it brought her to a place of action where she went out there and she went after what the word of God promised her. She went after it. She went after it. That's what dominators do. They go after what belongs to them. They don't sit back on the sideline and let somebody dictate to them how it's going to be. You don't allow the devil to dictate to you how it's going to be in your home, how it's going to be with your kids, how it's going to be with your marriage, how it's going to be with your finances, how it's going to be in your mind. No, the devil's like, he don't dictate nothing. You dictate how it's going to be. You're the overcomer. You're the one who has God living on the inside of you. You're the one that has the living word that will change in and everything the living word made everything we see and everything we don't see it'll change your situation Jesus said who touched me so this woman with faith in our heart going after what the word said about her what she heard about Jesus he's the Messiah he has healing in his wings I just got to get to him and touch him. She touched Jesus and the Bible says virtue or power. It went out of Jesus. This woman knew in herself that she was healed. Jesus knew somebody didn't touch me. Jesus said somebody touched me. And the disciples were probably thinking, Jesus, what you talking about? Somebody, everybody touching you. What you mean somebody touched you? He said, no, somebody touched me with something in their heart. Somebody touched me with something in their heart. Somebody's heart is filled with faith. Focused faith dominates. Somebody touched me with faith in their heart. Somebody's heart is full of what the word of God says about me, Jesus said. And that power that was in his clothes had no choice but to be released. Had no choice but to be released. Now note this. That power was there all along. And people pressing up against him, knocking up against him all the time. Ain't nothing happening for them. Why? The word wasn't in their heart. To the full. They weren't going after Jesus. They weren't going after him to get what was promised. But yet, all these people touching him. And Jesus said, uh-uh, this is a different touch. This is the touch where somebody had the word about me 
They believed it. It's in their heart. And all they did was touch my clothes. And what was said about me had no choice but to be released for their situation. And he said, when you get the word of God in your heart regarding your situation and you believe what the word of God says and it lives on the inside of your heart and it brings you to action, it's saying that the word can't do nothing but release what's in it for you. It can't do nothing but release your healing. It can't do nothing but release your finances. It can't do anything but release your peace. It can't do anything but release your joy. It can't do anything but release what's in it. Life is in the word of God. And when it lives on the inside of your heart and my heart. And we open up our mouth and we take. And we go after by faith. What's ours? It can't do anything but what? Be released. Oh, let me hear you say my release. release. It's coming in Jesus name. Oh, it's coming because I'm going to fill my heart up. I'm going to fill my heart up. Let me hear you say I'm going to fill my heart up. With the word of God. Regarding my situations. And the word of God's going to be released. It be released. It's powers released for me. See this is God's way. To the supernatural life. This is God's way to the supernatural life. Whatever scripture you find. In God's word has power in it. Life in it. And when it lives in the heart and the heart releases it by faith, then the power that's in it fixes whatever it runs into. This is God's way to the supernatural life. We didn't determine this is how it's supposed to be. God said this is how it's supposed to be. This is the way that Christians are supposed to live. This is the way that God gave us to live. The word of God says that the just shall what? The just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk says the just shall live by his faith. So that means, for example, this young man sitting on the front row, he going to live by his faith. She'll live by her faith. She'll live by her faith. And she'll live by her faith. There's no sense of her getting upset with him. If he's walking in a higher level of faith in this area, because she can live by her faith. But if she doesn't do what he does to put the word in his heart so he can live to this high level of faith in this area, then she shouldn't be mad at him because she hasn't made a decision to put the word in her heart like he has. The just shall live by his faith, his faith, his faith, his faith. The just shall live by his faith. And faith is just talking about what? Assurance. Persuasion. Belief. Believing. Trust. Confidence. So where is your faith when it comes to healing? Are you assured of it? Are you persuaded of it? Do you believe it? Do you have trust and confidence of God in this area? Because the just shall live by his faith. And when it comes to finances, do you really believe that you can come to a place where you owe no man nothing? Do you really believe that you can come to a place that not only do you owe no man nothing, but your bank accounts are full to overflowing? Yes. 
The just shall live by his faith. His faith. His faith. So that means we have to examine ourselves and say, where am I at in faith on this level? Where is my assurance and my persuasion, my trust and my confidence in God when it comes to healing? Where is it at when it comes to finances? Where is it when it comes to my marriage and relationships? Where is it when it comes to my peace of mind? Where is my level of faith? Because that's what I'm going to live by. The just shall live by his faith. And so if I need to sure up that area, then that means I need to do Proverbs chapter 4. And I, I need to get the word living on the inside of my heart. Because the just, how do they live? That live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. I'm looking at a room full of dominators. I'm looking at a room full of dominators. I'm looking at a room full of dominators. God has chosen us to dominate. All we have to do now is agree with him. Agree with him. And do what's necessary. And then take over people. Take over for Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. Let me hear you say I'm a dominator. Let me hear you say I'm a dominator. Let me hear you say I'm a dominator. Let it sink in. I am a dominator. I am a dominator. I am a dominator. I use the name of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. And the word of God. I follow the spirit of God. And I dominate in this life over circumstances and situations in this life and definitely over the devil because I am a dominator I am a dominator now I want you in your own words I want you to speak to the enemy wherever he is in your life and you know and you open up your mouth now and you tell him you got to go you tell you speak yourself speak to the enemy yourself open your mouth and you speak to your situation right now you tell him serve him notice eviction eviction notice because you got to go I'm a dominator you ain't dominate no more you got to go serve him as eviction notice God said you're a dominator just agree and just do what's necessary. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All dominators in here, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Okay, now, who has been dealing with depression in here? Who's been dealing with depression? Who is that in here that's been dealing with depression? Is anybody here who's been dealing with depression? Who is that in here that's been dealing with depression? You and who else? Because I believe it's somebody else. I'm going to tell you why. Because in the middle of service, while I was preaching, the Holy Spirit right there hit me and said, it's some people dealing with depression. Who's I want you all to just make your way to the front. And everybody who's not coming up here, stretch your hands towards them and just start praying in the Spirit. 